I'm Matt Lee, and I'd like to welcome you to my first episode on this season of Sheltered Spring, titled Family Trees. This is my first quarter living on campus, and I could not be more humbled by the trees that surround me. So, I decided to use this opportunity to explore their world, appreciate their beauty, and share their story, along with that of their friends. So without further ado, let's leave my dorm in Merrill Building B and take a quick ride down Coolidge Drive to the top of Rincon Trail. Hopefully that wasn't too loud. <laughs> All right, bike locked. And now we're moving on down. Heading out from the metal gate down the trail, I meander my way down until I see the wooden fence on the right side. Just before that, I drop down into the clearing under the trees just south of the concrete koi pond in the woods. If you know, you know, you know? Anyway, head eastbound until you hit a trail, head right, and you should have to duck underneath these low-hanging branches. And then head to the left when you see this open grass, and this is the meadow. So first, let me give you a tour of the place so you can get acquainted with it and kind of have some, uh, some bearings while I talk about it. So we're gonna be starting this tour from where I actually sit, which is, it's right in the top part or the Western part of the meadow. And yeah, I look down east into the meadow towards the lower district, which we'll get to what that is soon. A little bit to the south, there is the Redwood District, which includes the homeless encampment, as well as uh, the woods clearing. So let's, let's head over to the Redwood District first, so I can give you a tour of that. So up on the western side, uh, when you come in, if you just go straight to the right, there should be a trail that heads off towards the east, um, and you should see a large amount of redwood trees growing up over there. Just head towards those. It's about 50 paces from the beginning of the trailhead. This is where you're gonna get the southern woods. It's past the homeless encampment. 
Um, but this is where you get the clearing under the redwoods. There's just this large clump of five redwoods that are growing all of what seems to be the small little 10 foot circle. And they're just growing straight up. It's, it's really quite impressive. Now we're gonna head to the homeless encampment. Narrator's note. Though there were sleeping bags under lean-tos, upon further reflection, it's more likely to have been constructed by students as opposed to providing refuge for the homeless. But the name stuck. Um, and this is the homeless encampment. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting because there's, I would say, anywhere between five to like eight, maybe nine trees growing, some of them small, some of them big, uh, growing in a clump. Then there's some distance, and then there's a new clump of about the same number. It's pretty clear underneath here. There's a few, obviously there's branches that have been like um, used to construct little huts. And then there's a teepee, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, looks like they tried to cover it, but that kind of fell through or got blown about. So from this point, we're gonna be heading back towards where my sit spot is, which is actually just up out of this main, I, what I call the main entrance. And then we'll head down to the lower district. Alright, so we're currently in the meadow. I'm a little bit east of my sit spot down the slope and I'm just standing in the center so I can give a, a little bit of a lay of the land. So yeah, to the north you have this wall of shrubs uh, that pretty much contains the meadow on the northern side and then on the southern side you have a little bit of shrubbery but it, it starts to hit trees mostly there. So the shrubs kind of just become cover on the edges of the woods. The actual bush that makes up a majority of the shrubbery is coyote brush which is it's pretty thick and pretty wild but it, it creates a really nice protective layer for the birds that like to live within the shrubs large prey can't get in but small birds can easily navigate so because of that i have decided to call the the shrubs in the meadow shruburbia so if i ever refer to shruburbia it will be the shrubs along the edge of the meadow all right so now we're just there's a pretty clear trail on the the southern side uh that runs right along of the meadow that is the southern side of the meadow that runs right along um, some coyote brush so just take that down east towards the lower district, which we'll now be heading to to give a tour of that. So yeah, the lower district is entirely controlled by uh, California live oaks. So there's a good amount of them just creating a nice canopy. And then underneath the canopy, there's a lot of dead leaf litter, some open space. There's also nice little collections of sticks and large piles. 
Uh, and those are rat huts, like rat nests, I believe. And there's two of those down here. There's one that's a little bit more up west. The nice, it creates a nice shaded canopy and there, it drops, the live oaks drop a lot of leaf litter. Um, so this is actually like an amazing place for mushrooms to grow. Like there's quite a diversity of mushrooms that you'll find down here. Um, and especially after rains, you'll see those popping up really quick. So I would say this is probably probably the most fertile section. Um, it doesn't seem like it because a lot of things are dead. But what that means is the soil itself has a lot of good nutrients in it because a lot of things fall in the decay. Um, that's why you find a lot of mushrooms here. But there's not a lot of things that grow because it is very shaded. So there's not a lot of light. It's actually perfect for baby redwoods. It's, it's like a perfect incubator. So I call these incubator trees sometimes, the California live oaks. Yeah, so there's some baby redwoods in here uh, that are springing up. They're pretty young. Two, maybe three that actually break the canopy. But uh, it's mostly small, small little ones in here. So now that you've got a lay of the land such as I have, let's explore the evolutions of the landscape and the foliage I've witnessed over just these few short weeks of my field work. During the fourth week, heavy windstorms averaging 40 miles per hour swept across Santa Cruz, battering and bending the branches of trees, leaving in their wake desecrated canopies and disheveled forest floors filled with loose leaf and broken branches. Let's see what we can observe in the field. As we're entering the wood district on the right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is utter annihilation. I mean, whole branches have fallen. And I can, there's one that's still stuck on there. Might have to try to draw some of this after, but... Yeah, like whole branches. These things are massive. It is it it is a war zone in here. Might go check out the homeless encampment actually, because that's another like ring of redwood trees that probably has some pretty nasty damage. But yeah, I I did not expect this much. I didn't expect this much damage. Okay, leaving the woods district now. Probably to head over to uh the homeless huts. Oh my gosh. Ha! Okay, so the n normal entrance is just annihilated. There are branches everywhere. I'm just still amazed by what power of change that is. Like, this branch is so big I literally cannot fit my whole hand around it. It's, it's, it's that thick. And that one fell. Broke off and just fell. And when you look up, you can see the path it took and the damage it did on the way down. Because this thing has massive weight to it. So when it's falling, it's breaking other branches. And that, that's a thought to actually really consider is the fact that when one branch breaks off, it's it, or when there's a storm, there's all this damage on the ground. It might not just be all of these fell. It might be like one big branch 
that just annihilated the little ones below it and just took them out. Yeah, this was a really good time to come out and do this because, you know, when it comes to, like, stories of change, um, I don't think you can get more apt an example than this. Yeah, I'm just about to head down to the lower district. Actually, really quickly, I'll do the Shrubbin. I mean, it, I mean, shrubs don't really get affected much. Obviously, it's nicer housing. It's not as dilapidated. From the main clearing, it just looks fine. I mean, it looks like something's got a little bit blown about, but the, the biggest concern is the nests that are within the shrubs that got knocked out. But that shouldn't really be a concern because the shrubs act kind of like as a massive wind block. It's very protected. So, I don't know. All right, uh, on to the lower district. Out of the suburban area and into the lower district. Looks like the rat huts, or at least the upper one, is still doing good. Not surprised by that in the least. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, this might not be as affected because... It is more protected by from the wind. It doesn't look like there's any real damage in here. Yeah, so, I mean, However, you know, dilapidated the lower district may be and all woody and twiggy, um, it really looks like when the wind blows through, it doesn't get harmed that much. I mean, there's some broken branches about, but it's, I mean, it's kind of minor. Like, you're, there's definitely not going to be any massive redwood branches falling, like in the wood district or the, the AHH district. I would say... If I had anywhere I wanted to be during a windstorm, it would probably be the lower district because it's way more sheltered um, than the suburban area. And I'm not going to get conked on the head by a massive redwood branch uh, like in other areas. So There are some small little redwoods that are growing. So if those keep growing, this the lower district might actually be transformed into another wood district. Because, I mean, if you think about it, this is actually like a perfect starting area for redwoods. Little baby redwoods grow up in here shaded. They grow slowly. And then once they get their heads peaked out, that's when they start exploding, you know, which is the way it normally works in for forest ecosystems. So, you know, that's, that's actually an interesting thought. So as can be seen, a forest ecosystem can see a massive amount of change, even just within a week. And shortly after these strong bouts of winds, there came a dumping of around five inches of rain in just a couple of days, which saturated the freshly fallen organic matter strewn about the ground. New organic matter and moist conditions? Sounds like a fungi funhouse. However, that got me wondering, what wonderful friends had popped up in the field? Unfortunately, the Pogonip area is a park maintained by the city of Santa Cruz, so getting good examples of an untouched ecosystem in action isn't really an option there. However, in the fifth week after the rains, uh, I had gone on a hike with a few friends that brought us to a river valley that trapped moisture really well, and it was completely unkempt. 
I didn't get any field recordings for this trip. However, I did see an amazing array of mushrooms, which include fly agarics, freshly sprouting witch's gum, and a sort of hygrophoracea, uh, rusalacea, and many more that I, I can't even name. I probably mispronounced those too. But these mushrooms were thriving off the dead wood, which was actually closer to hummus. At one point, I stepped on a log and it completely crumbled, revealing a spiderweb-like mycelial network that was decomposing the trunk from within. After the shock of almost falling into a river had passed, um, I was even more shocked by the incredible discovery it had happened upon. So how do these ecosystems deal with such change and what ecological systems carry out the process? Additionally, the mushrooms we observed obviously play a role in this, but what specifically would that be? These questions and more will be answered in episode 2 of Family Trees, where we'll be taking an in-depth dive into forest ecology and the relationships of all the organisms that comprise this ecosystem. Specifically, I'll be using Peter Wolleben's book, The Hidden Life of Trees, as a basis for the podcast, applying what is discussed in the book to what we observed in the field. So, thanks for listening, and uh, I'd hope to see you next time.